This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody. This is the Holland Assets Podcast, the inaugural episode. I am Craig, and over there, he is... Chris. Hello, Chris. How's it going? Not bad. I am super excited for this because this is going to be a podcast that many people will find valuable if they have asked themselves the same questions that I am asking myself. But we're going to get to that in just a moment. First, I want to remind everybody... If you are interested in show notes, if you hear some details or or something here that you'd like more detail on, make sure you go to hollandassetsllc.com. That's H-U... Sorry, you spell it. You're better at spelling (laughs) it. I'm not a terrible speller. That's my mother's biggest uh, disappointment in life (laughs) is my my inability to spell. Let me see if I can do this better. H-A-U-L-I-N. No G. No G. All right. Hollandassets.com. Or sorry, hollandassetsllc.com. That's it. By the time we've made a dozen of these, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pro at saying that, uh, that might, web address. It might take a dozen, especially when we bring spelling into it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also if you want additional information on some of the stuff that we're going to be going over, you can also visit motorcarrierhq.com. So both of those are great resources. Uh, If you want specifically info that we're going to be talking about here on the podcast, though, the primary one that I would point you toward is hollandassetsllc.com. Why is it called that? We're going to get there in just a moment. All right. Now, Chris, what are we doing here? What's why are we sitting down in front of microphones telling people about what we're telling them about? That's a great question, Craig. So basically for the last decade, I've been helping people start and run trucking companies And I've had this dream for the last four or five years that I've wanted to help more people achieve that goal and and live out that dream. I love small business and and want to be able to provide that for other people. So I started to think, how do we do that? And, And I think the best way to do that is to create a system for people to follow. That's why a lot of the times franchises are so successful is because it's a prescribed system that people can follow. They follow these rules and, and they're not always going to be successful, but... But it gives them the best chance. It increases their chances well, a ton. It, that's It's an interesting analogy because in this case, somebody starting a trucking company isn't franchising necessarily. I mean, certainly the clients you work with, they're not franchisees. And so it this is a system, it's a template, but that template isn't necessarily going to be... Uh, not every single facet is applicable to every single situation, right? So people are going to be able to use this as a framework, but they're going to have to adapt, right? Yeah, for sure. They're going to be able to do 90% of what we talk about, but they're going to have to figure out maybe that other 10%. And so the way that we're going to do this, and I can't think of a better way to do it, is we're going to put our money where our mouth is and actually start a trucking company, give everybody a front row seat into the entire process. We're going to run it just like we recommend to other people so that they can see it, they can live it, and they can follow it. You know, I've done this so many times with so many people over the years. I've seen what works. I've seen what doesn't. And we're going to teach people. We're going to show people the right way to do things. And we're also going to show them how to avoid the pitfalls that make it so they they fail and, and they aren't successful. And, you know, 
starting and owning and running a trucking company isn't one of those things that is for everybody. And we want to be able to show the pros and cons, the good side, the difficult side, so that it can, people can make a decision for themselves. Is this something I want to do? Is this the right thing for me? They'll be able to see it and, and they'll be able to make a good educated decision and follow the system and hopefully be successful. And that's a really interesting take on it because uh, a lot of times I think somebody tuning into this would think, okay, they're going to try to convince me to do it. But I think it's more about showing people the actual nuts and bolts, the ins and outs of starting a, a business like this so that they can decide for themselves whether the answer is yes or no for them, right? Yeah. It's it's not necessarily going to be for everybody, but a lot of people who may not have thought that they could do it can do it. They just need a little a little uh, detail, some help uh, getting started, right? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I've owned my own businesses for 10 plus years now. It's been one of the best things in my life. I, I'd love to see more people do it. I'm passionate about small business. Um, I'm a, a passionate entrepreneur and I just want to be able to give other people the opportunity to do that. And 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 you can, if, if you've got the right mentality, you can do it and we can help you do it. We can show you how to do it. And that's the whole point of this. Perfect. Well, I was uh, I was telling you a little earlier about uh, a time when my father came to visit and he, he comes over. He had some excuse, you know, bringing us some baked goods or something. But the <laughs> real reason he was there, he sat me down at the kitchen table and he said, uh, he said, you know, I've heard you talking about going back to school and getting a, a master's degree or something. And he says, don't do it. I said, what, what do you mean? He says, uh, you know, I just I think it's probably not for you. I want you to start a business. And if you start a business, I'm willing to help you seed it and get it started. I said, wow, that's really generous. Thanks, Dad. And he says, so what do you want to do? And I said, uh, I, I don't know. And so what I want from you, Chris, is I want you to convince me that this is something that I could do if I, you know, because I am interested in starting a small business. And is this uh, you know, is trucking something that I could get into? I want you to to help me understand the ins and outs of it. We'll see if it's the right move for me as well as our listeners. I think uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. And you know, just to elaborate a little bit on that, a lot of the stuff that we we're going to get very specific into the trucking industry, but a lot of the stuff that I plan on covering as part of this podcast is going to be applicable in in just about any industry out there. So you know, it, it could be valuable for all facets. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking today briefly about the top five questions that you really ought to be asking yourself. Uh, you don't necessarily need to have answers for all of them right away, but you at least need to have these questions in mind as you think about starting your own business. Uh, and so that's where I'm going to be. I'll, I'll be with all the rest of you on this. So Chris, let's uh, run through really quickly. We'll tell everybody what the five points are, and then we'll back up and get just a little bit into each of these. But I should tell people we're going to briefly talk about all five of these points, but all five of these will make appearances in future episodes. Each one of these will be its own episode. We're going to get really in-depth on some of this stuff. So not only are we going to say, you got to figure out where your money's coming from, but we're going to give you really specific tips on how to figure that sort of thing out, right? Yep. Okay, so... What we're going to talk about today is whether you should be going it alone or grabbing a partner for your venture, where your money's going to come from. Can you get insurance and a down payment? Do you have the right truck? I'm assuming that's going to be a big one. And then fifth, and maybe the most important, are you willing to do what it takes? And that one I am really intrigued by because it's so ominous when you say it out loud. 
Are you ready to do what it takes? But you're going to explain what that means. Let's back up a little bit, though, and go back to number one. Number one, go it alone or go with a partner. Tell me why this is the number one question that you've got. Because you never know what you're going to run into. We get clients that come in our door all the time and um, want to go into business with a partner. And most of the businesses that I own, I've got partners with them. Um, but a lot of people kind of take it at the, go about it the wrong way and don't really think the process through very well. And the partnership turns into a disaster. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had a a partnership come in, get everything going. We help them get set up and six months or a year down into the road, they decide they're going to part ways because it's just not working out. So I don't want to discourage anybody from starting a business or doing it with a partner, but I just want to make sure you set the foundation right to do that. And you know what you're getting into, you know what to look for, and you know what to think about when deciding is, am I better off just trying it on my own or am I better off doing it with a partner? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you've got a quote here from Charles Koch, uh, who says, my philosophy on partnerships is you need three things to have a good partnership. You need to share vision values and bring complementary capabilities, which is pretty much what you're talking about. What I understand from this is you are as smart as Charles Koch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you look at it net worth wise, I'm not even in the same ballpark. (laughs) Uh, All right. So is there anything else you want to talk about right now without going too much into depth about partnerships? Uh, Do you lean one way or the other? I mean, you say that most of your businesses have had partners. Is that kind of the, uh, the way that you tend to push people is I, into partnerships? Not not necessarily. It kind of depends. And I think a lot of the times, you know, so with starting a, a small trucking company, it depends on what you want to do. If you're going to be an, an owner operator and you don't plan on growing more than one truck, typically one truck is not going to generate enough revenue to support two partners. Um, if, if you want to grow to a 10 or 50 or hundred truck plus fleet, then it, be having a partner may be very wise because you know working together it's going to be easier to achieve that goal. And is uh, this is this a thing where you could change your mind down the road if you if you're an owner operator you're a one truck outfit and then down the road five years later you say you know what I I do want to expand is it something where you can say all right I, I want to bring in a partner or is it going to be too tough at that point? No, it's it's usually pretty easy to make those changes. I mean you know, to pull a partner out of it, that's typically harder than it is to add somebody in. Typically adding a partner in is um, not very hard at all. Very good. Uh, Well, let's move on to number two then. Where is the money going to come from? Well, this is a tough question and I'm just going to let you go. I'm just going to ask you that. Where's the money coming from? All right. that, That is a really good question. So, and that's something that's really critical in starting their business is, you've got to have some kind of capital or at least some kind of access to capital. So, you know, to kind of piggyback off the partnership conversation we've had, that may be one of the capabilities that another partner brings in. Maybe you're the driver, but you've got a buddy that's got capital and working together, you each bring something to the table that's of value and you can start a good partnership. So that that's one way that you can get the startup capital that you might need if you don't personally have it. Um, there's other, there's other methods to get that money as well. You may have some money in savings. If you do great, maybe you got an inheritance. 
Um, uh, this time of year, we're early um, in 2019 and it's tax time. People are filing their taxes and we get a lot of clients this time of year that come in and use that tax return instead of go blowing it on a you know big flat screen TV. They're going to use that as part of the seed money. It's like, into the it's like you're company. reading my mind <laughs> in my mind four weeks from now when that tax <laughs> refund comes in. Yeah. I'm going for the TV. I don't care what no, you say. Not, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. All right. So uh, maybe you have savings, maybe you don't. But you also mentioned uh, in in our earlier conversations credit, and uh, this could be uh, maybe a tricky minefield for some people. That's the very tricky piece. Um, you know, to make money, you've got to spend money. You've heard that a lot, a lot, and that's really the case. Going into credit or using credit to to get into that, um, it, it's a tricky situation. Um, it, it can be the right thing to do, but it can also get you into a lot of trouble. So you need to be super careful, careful with it. Um, there are in, um, most locations, there are places out there that do what are called micro loans. So you're not using a credit card. It's not a super high interest rate. It is a legitimate business loan that, that will fund, um, startups. You know, when you're starting a company, it's really hard to get lenders from your traditional lenders like banks, but they're nonprofits. Utah's got a great one, right? uh, here that, uh, I think if I remember right, they'll loan up to $50,000 to a startup. If you've got a good business plan and they feel like you've got a good, you know, plan and path towards becoming profitable and making money. Nice. And yeah, I mean, we should maybe mention that that is where we're uh, broadcasting from. We record in the state of Utah. And so you'll have to check if you're in a different state, what resources are available, but I'm guessing Chris, you can help people with that. Yeah, we, we can at least give some ideas. Um, we've I, I've got another company that provides operating capital. Um, we don't really lend to you know buying you know, helping people buy trucks or things like that. But a lot of the times, you know, people will start their company and they've exhausted most of their money in purchasing the truck, purchasing insurance, and those other things, and then they don't have a whole lot of operating capital to really get them through that first thirty to sixty days, and and that's where you know, e- even one of my companies we can kind of help out with a little bit. Oh, interesting. I actually didn't realize that. I, uh, I just figured you'd point them to the right place in their state, but that's great. If, uh, if you can help people out there, a lot of the stuff that we do, we can help you out. If we can't help you out, we've got partnerships and resources who can. And one of the nice things about us is, you know, if we can't help you out, we're going to tell you that. And we're going to put you in contact with good, reputable companies that we vetted that we know provide a valuable service and do so honestly and ethically. And so you, you know you're going to get pointed in the right direction to somebody that can really provide you value and help you out. And that's uh, and that's got to be one of the most valuable services that you provide to somebody is not only the stuff that you do, but helping uh, understand the lay of the land and, and you know, like the you said, resources. pointing yeah. they're pointing them to reputable resources. Yep. Cause there's a, I'm sure there's a thousand and one uh, places out there that are ready to fleece somebody. Uh, but there are also a lot of reputable places where people can go for this uh, information or this help. Right. Yeah. We, you know, we like to say there's a lot of snakes in the grass and you just got to be careful of those guys. Um, and there's a lot of people that are trying to prey on you know, somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and, Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, avoid those and and can teach you how to avoid those in in the process of starting uh, up a trucking company. You're going to get inundated with a lot of people soliciting you to provide you services. And sometimes it's really hard to know which ones are legitimate and which ones aren't. And we can, we can help with that. 
Fantastic. Well, before we get off of the funding uh, point here, you also mentioned to me something that that I was that I forget to think about sometimes in my own. I, I do own a, a very very small business, and this is something that I forget about all the time: commingling funds. Yeah. What was it that you wanted to talk it's about a, with that? It's a big no-no, and it's one of those things that you see as a very common mistake when people first get started. So basically what commingling funds means is you, you go, you can get a business set up, and then you know one of the first things you typically do after that is, is set up a bank account. And um, a lot of people, when they set up that bank account, they have the intention to use it specifically for the business, but then you know, maybe they'll decide to go to Burger King and buy themselves a, a, a burger or something. And, and they start and they using that, that business card. Yeah. They pull out the business card and they start making, you know, what are considered personal expenses out of the business, um, account. And that can get yourself into a lot of trouble for a lot of different ways. Um, the IRS doesn't like it legally. Um, the, you know, courts don't like it. It's one of those things that you, you hear about the corporate veil that defense your prosecuting attorneys will, um, try to use to show that you're treating your business not like a business, but you're just running it, you know, personally and, right. and you can lose protection on your assets. And so just one big word of advice as you're getting out there and getting started, do not commingle funds, have that business bank account and only use it for business expenses. You, you may think it's innocent to, well, instead of just paying myself, I'll just pay my mortgage out of it. And then, you know, that, that's how thing. I'll pay myself. Same yeah. thing. It's not, don't do it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And it's, uh, Again, these are points that we want to bring up as just top of mind. And so it's interesting to me that you thought of that as one of the things people need to keep in mind is that as you're starting your business, your business is not you. You need to separate yourself and the business in that financial way in order to protect yourself. Yep. So that's a, yeah, that's an interesting one that we, again, we will get into more detail with all of this stuff in future episodes of the show. Next up, your number three question, can you get insurance and a down payment? And when you were telling me about this one earlier, uh, I never would have thought that this was such a big piece, but you were saying that this is something that trips up a lot of people who are just getting started on this process. Between getting the insurance and making the down payment, that's probably the biggest stumbling block that guys get. You know, if they if they are able to set up the business, they apply for their motor carrier authority and get their DOT number, get all those things done. The thing that prevents them from actually getting out on the road and being able to go is insurance. So there's a couple things that you need to consider. First and foremost is, can you actually get the insurance? So most insurance companies that, that provide insurance to startup trucking companies are going to require the driver to have had a CDL for at least two years. Interesting. So this is maybe not a business that's going to be as easy to start if you haven't been working in the business for a while. Correct. I mean, unless you're unless you're the so, other side of that partnership that's providing funding and you've got somebody else who can do the driving for you. Yeah, it's, it's not completely unheard of. I mean, th there are ways that you can come over or get over that stumbling block. Like for instance, you know, that, that might be a situation where it's good to have a partner or maybe you just hire a driver. You're not going to be the driver. You're going to hire a driver to, to drive the truck for you. Um, it, it doable, but it's a little, it just makes things a little bit harder. No, that makes sense. But you did say that there are some exceptions to this again, again, there, this is uh, from a previous conversation that we've had. So expound on that for me. Yeah. So there are, there are some exceptions where you can go out and get insurance. You know, you, you take for me, me, for example. So I've never had a CDL. I just got my CDL 
two weeks ago. Um, Congratulations, yeah, by the it's way. Kinda, it's kind of a big deal. I, I had a ton of fun um, learning how to drive the truck. I've, I've driven a lot of farm equipment in, in the past, but it's the first time really driving a, a, a full-blown 80,000-pound semi, and I, and I loved it. Um, but yeah, so in my situation, I'm old. I'm 40 years old. Yeah, yeah, you're old. I am old. Yeah, you're old. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've got a clean driving record, and I've got good credit. Um, those are three things that, that make it, that open a few doors for me. Um, even though I haven't had a CDL where I should still be able to get insurance. Okay. Um, have you started that process yet? I've I've talked to a few insurance agencies and they're all telling me there's, there's one insurance company that will write insurance for a guy like me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to be able to get it, but that's the one thing that you've got to be, you got to be aware of if, if you're under 30 years old and really, I, I, you know, I think the number is closer to 35, 37, and you haven't had a CDL for two years, your options are super limited. You know, that, that reminds me of the idea of, uh, renting a car before I was 25. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, you've, you're a higher risk. And so insurance companies just aren't going to they're not going to write insurance for you. That yeah, makes makes complete sense. Well, let's get to question number four. And this is something that uh, may sound like a familiar experience because everybody's bought stuff, cars, houses, whatever. But buying a truck, I'm imagining this is a different beast altogether. It is. It's a, it's a completely different beast. There's a lot of different things to, to think about and to consider. Um, you know, you, in the trekking world, you've got day cabs that don't have sleepers and you've got different kinds of sleepers and, and different kind of trucks that can do different kind of things. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll get a client that comes to us that, that already has, you know, one type of truck and, um, you know, but it's a truck that's really not going to work for what they're trying to do. And, and a lot of the times, you know, that may be, it may be something as simple as, you know, Hey, this truck has been around for, um, 13 years, it's got over a million miles on it. The engine's never been rebuilt and chances are you're going to have a ton of maintenance issues with it. And you're just, it, it, you're not going to be able to be profitable because of all the expenses that are going to go in with it. You may be better off just to cut bait and switch onto something different. And this is something that is, uh, that you're going through right now, right? Yeah. I'm, you're, I'm buying you're a going truck. through this process. Yep. So I've talked to a lot of people um, about buying a truck. And one of the things that's kind of cool about me and, and not having had a whole lot of experience is I, I, I don't really have a brand loyalty. And it's funny, I've talked to three different people so far that I've had pretty extensive conversations with. And one says, I got to buy a Peterbilt. One says, I got to buy a Kenworth. And the other ones, I got to buy a Freightliner. So <laughs> it's just like the Ford and Chevy debate. You know, there's, everybody's got their opinion. I'm going to try and look at this more from a, a scientific standpoint, you know, what is truly going to give me the best return on my investment. I'm a money's guy, money guy. I'm a financial guy. And really the thing that's the most important to me is how I'm going to be able to make the most money. And that's going to be, I'm going to love that particular episode because I'm, I'm going to be really interested in getting past that uh, Ford and Chevy debate, you yeah. know, with all this stuff. So very much looking forward to that. And the last question that we have here, number five, uh, like I said, maybe the most important, are you willing to do what it takes? Like I said, this sounds ominous, but what do you mean by that? Entrepreneurship, owning your own business and doing your own thing is not for everybody. It's it's hard, especially that first year or two um, while you're getting everything established is, is hard. Um, it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Oftentimes there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make 
to be able to kind of really jump into that realm and, and grow something that's going to be successful. And so you, you just have to be willing to, to know that um, you may be taking one step back to eventually be able to move two steps forward. And, and you have to be willing to do that. So that, that's really a big piece of that. And, and I've got a few things that uh, we want to talk about a little bit that we can go a little bit more in detail with that. You know, well, one of the other things that you have said is that it's not just about you, right? This isn't not. when, uh, if you are lucky enough to have a spouse or a, a long-term relationship and that person is, uh, you know, in it for the long haul, so to speak with you, by the way, trucking puns are going to come fast <laughs> and furious on this, uh, on this podcast, just deal with it. Uh, but if you are lucky enough to be in that position, you're not the only one who's going to be affected by the business. And so it's not just you who has to have what it takes. It's... It's your spouse, your significant other, your partner, whoever, whoever that person is in your life that they need to be on board with it as well. Yeah. If, if I, I've seen a lot of situations where, you know, one person's fully on board and totally committed and the other person isn't, and it, it eventually wears on you and, and you just can't make it happen. You know, both, both people have to be on board. I, I had to do the same thing with my wife when I decided I was going to do this. This is like I said, I have been working on this, planning about it, thinking about it for four or five years. And I finally just decided to do it. My wife and I, we had that sit down conversation and say, okay, well, here's, this is, this is what this is going to mean. That means, you know, for weeks at a time, I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be away from home. We've got four kids ages, um, eight to uh, eight to 14, and it's going to be hard on my wife. And so we, we had that pretty serious conversation and, and, and both became on board on it. And ultimately what she ended up saying was I'm in the national guard. I'm, I'm, I'm in the military. I've been deployed for a year and she's got, this isn't going to be as bad as a deployment. <laughs> we've, we can, we've do, we can do this. If we can do that, we can do this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that makes total sense. And, uh, and that's, and that's really why I'm so excited about what we're doing here is because you've been assisting people in this process for years, but now you're finally going through it yourself. And I love this idea of the personal experience and, and uh, not just coming, coming down from on high and saying, here is what you need to know, but, but really you're in the trenches with everybody else. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, I, I want to be able to show that I can do it. Um, I want to be able to show other people how to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, it's still a risk for me. It's still, you know, I still have those same nervous thoughts that, uh, I've had when I've started other businesses. Um, and, and so I, I know what everybody's going through and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to be able to bring that out and see that as this whole process, uh, continues on down the road. Absolutely. And this is, so these are the top five questions, but there are a lot more things to go over after that. I mean, we're going to be talking about your DOT and motor carrier stuff, getting all your ducks in a row with the Department of Transportation. Not a simple thing to do. No, not never necessarily painless. Never, never is easy. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about not just buying the right truck, but also the right trailer, uh, making sure that you're set up on both ends of that, uh, how to get loads. That is something that people may not consider if they've just had loads assigned to them right now yeah, you've you, got to go you, get your own you've got to be able to get those loads and keep the wheels turning or you know things just aren't going to work out yeah absolutely and what are what other things are we going to be looking at and one of the things early on that we'll look at too is we'll talk about business structure so a lot of this stuff at the beginning is going to be kind of boring you know the the boring legal stuff boring but incredibly important um 
how did, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can set up a business. You've heard LLCs, you've heard corporations, you've heard sole proprietorships. Um, we're going to talk with attorneys and tax people on those things and, and try to give everybody a, a decent idea of what's, what's the right path for them. Um, and you know, what questions to ask your attorney, what questions to ask your accountant and to make sure you're getting things set up the way that you want to get it set up. So now that we've got the stage set, uh, why don't you tell me just a little bit more and tell everybody a little bit more about yourself, why it is that you are doing this, why why anybody should care about your opinions on this, quite frankly. To put it bluntly, Chris, <laughs> sell me on it. All right. Well, he, here's kind of what I think. So I, I feel like I've got the the perfect mix of background to really make this work. I've, um, I've got uh, some blue collar roots in me. I, I grew up working on my grandpa's farm. Like in the summertime, you talk about sacrifices in the summer when I was a kid going through high school, instead of you know, having the fun summers that most of my friends were, I mean, the, these were fun summers, a different kind of fun, but I'd go live with my grandparents on my grandpa's dairy farm and move pipe, you know, irrigation pipe. I would, uh, you know, swath hay, bale hay, move, you know, all that kind of stuff, working 80 hour weeks, um, all summer long. And so I, I understand that hard work, that, that culture that it takes to be a good, successful, um, truck driver. But then, you know, after that time period in my life, I went on, I got a college degree. I've got a degree in business with an emphasis in finance. I've over the last 10 years, um, started, uh, four successful companies, um, that are all still running and all still doing well. I've invested a lot in, in real estate. So I, I really understand that financial side. So I, I feel like more so than, than most people, I've got that unique perspective where I, I understand the, the, the sweat and the blood that it takes to start a, a business like a trucking company. But I also understand the, the finance side, the business side, um, more so the what you would call the white collar piece of it. I understand both those. We're going to mesh them together in this podcast and make something, show people how to be successful at owning, running, and being part of a good, successful trucking company. If I'm somebody who has one background or the other, let's say, because I, I, similarly to you, I kind of grew up around farming. Um, I, my father was a farmer up in Eastern Idaho uh, when he was a kid. And so we spent a lot of summers doing some work up there as well. And so I, I kind of hear that. And if let's say I've got that background or maybe I've been in trucking for a while and I don't want to learn all the white collar stuff. <laughs> I don't care about numbers and finances and spreadsheets and all that stuff. Uh, wh what do you say to somebody like that? You know, if, if somebody's willing to work hard, typically even in the trucking industry, as long as they've got some, some minor proficiencies in those areas, they can still be successful. They may not be able to grow their business to a, a hundred truck fleet. And, and a lot of guys, that's not what they want. They, they just want more control over their own destiny. There's nothing wrong with being a one truck independent owner operator. And we're going to show people how to do that. Even, even if they don't want to get more into that, that numbers, but we've also can show them how to build a team that will take care of that part of the business for them. So they don't have to, you know, so they can do what they enjoy. I remember a conversation a, a long time ago with uh, one of the um, Tyler that, that works for him and you'll hear him later on in, in another episode, but the client, Tyler was trying to email him something, I think, or, or trying to get him to pull something up on a computer and, and they were just having a really hard time. And then finally the, the guy comes back and asks, so is this something you got to do on a computer? And Tyler's like, well, yeah. And the guy's all, 
if it don't use diesel, I don't do it. And so, you know, and, and that guy was able to be successful That's in his perfect. trucking company. And so that, that is literally what I aspire to be that I aspire to be that man. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I feel like the stage is set. We're ready to, to rock and roll on these episodes for this podcast. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. Hopefully you, uh, hopefully you out there listening have found already some value in just those questions, just those top of mind questions, but keep those in mind because we're going to be diving into those each individually. They're all going to get their own separate episode. And, uh, frankly, they're all probably going to be longer than this because there's a lot to go into. I mean, talk about finances. How much is it going to cost to start this business? Uh, there are questions that we're going to have to really dive into. So you know, we'll go over those questions. We'll provide some tools to help, uh, help out with some of that stuff, make it easy. And, uh, I'm excited. Perfect. That's all I can say. Awesome. Chris. Well, I'll just remind everybody once again, if you are interested in some more details and show notes with any of these episodes that we go over, head to hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, no G hollandassetsllc.com and you can also go to motorcarrierhq.com for some more info all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you on episode two where we're going to be talking about your business structure if i'm not mistaken that's episode two fantastic let's do it all right chris let's break i'll see you next time all right see you later